The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. And all 
Do you know what the most common advice of Scripture is? If you said, be not afraid, you're right. That is the most common direction of the Scriptures. Now, over the last weeks, I've given you some very dire information. And then, in addition to that, you've been listening to the news, the COVID-19, the masks, the loss of jobs, the potential of world war between United States and China, between China and India, many hot places around the earth where where people can die in large numbers. The threat of famine, putting away food and water and resources. All of this can fill our hearts with fear. And I can't just leave you with this week messages about what's going to happen in October and November and December. I have to go beyond that. And I have to say, be not afraid. For God loves you. God loves you. And he's called us to love each other. Now I know it's easy to feel like we're at the breaking point. As one woman said, I can't stand to be locked up in my house one more day. I'm going crazy. And she's quite angry about it. I understand. Many have lost their jobs and they don't know how they're going to pay their rent. If you're today at that point of you're tired of the bad news, I've even heard of people who are turning off the news. They're not watching the news at all anymore because they're just sick and tired of hearing about all the bad news. I understand. I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God did not send this pandemic. God did not cause people to lose their jobs. God has not stirred up the thugs and the violent protesters. This is not how God works. What he'll do is, because of the wickedness in the land, he will turn you over to your heart's desire. And then Satan steps in. And the devil has brought the COVID, and the devil and these demonic beings have brought all the fear and panic upon the world. But I am not of... I am not of the world, the flesh, or the devil. And by God's grace, you are not of this 
world, flesh, or devil either. You were called to serve Jesus Christ. And I believe that many of you love Jesus with all of your heart. Now the time has come for us to step into the battle in the prayer closet and begin to cry out to God because he will hear us. There is nothing happening in America today that cannot be stopped or reversed by our crying out to Jesus, by our prayers, our prayers corporately and individually. I spent a good bit of time this morning praying about these things. And I'm coming to you out of the prayer closet. And I'm saying to you, be not afraid. For God is in control, not the devil. I believe that God is going to bring us through this. No, I know. I know Jesus is going to bring us through this. God is not finished with America. He has a plan for this nation. But the devil also has a plan for this nation. And we've got to be very clear that we're on Jesus' agenda and on Jesus' plan for this nation. And to walk in the plan that Jesus has for us. You have to have peace in your heart. It's don't be afraid. Spend whatever time you need in the scriptures and in prayer until finally you have all victory over fear so you can begin to stand up in the name of Jesus Christ and cut this wickedness off right at the root of the tree. Now, you know, Ephesians tells us that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. It's Ephesians 6.12. The King James Version puts it this way, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Oh yes, there are all of these powers. It's not. It's not the Democrat Party that I'm fighting against. It's not political parties that I'm contending with. I'm contending with these spiritual powers in high places that have arranged for us to be at each other's throat, to take away all peace and all love. And I'm saying no, no. The peace of Jesus rules in our hearts. And as that peace of Jesus rules in our hearts, he gives us the keys of the kingdom. And he gives us the power to contend with the powers of darkness and to cut them off. So this morning in my prayer closet, I spent a great deal of time listening to the Lord 
and coming in a warfare mode against discouragement and fear, coming against all of the evil and the violence that's happening in our nation, it is an abomination before God. And he will hear our prayers. God is not a God of violence. He's not an unjust God. He's a God of great mercy and compassion. And he loves you. I don't know how to say it to you in a way that you will hear and understand. But God loves you. And he has a plan for you. Now, I want to walk through some scriptures today. I want to talk to you about reality. You've heard me say, if you've listened very long to this broadcast, I'm the pastor at Reelsville. So we've got to be real. We can't be Pollyanna. We can't be make-believe. We've got to deal with reality. But my reality is that Jesus Christ rules in heaven above and on earth beneath, and that his will will be accomplished on earth even as it is accomplished in heaven. That's my reality. Now, the devil is real too, and his powers are real, and we see those powers wrecking havoc, murdering babies, and doing all kinds of things that cause our hearts to be deeply troubled. But now, let's walk through some scripture. I think these words are very helpful for us today. In the book of Philippians, we find in the first chapter, Paul reassuring us He's praying for the church at Philippi. And he's praying because of their partnership with him. Well, I'm going to count you all as partners with me. And I've been praying for you, many of you by name. When you send a donation, you also send your name. And that gives me a place, a handle, to get a hold with Jesus to pray for you. And so I do, by name. Now, he says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. God's not finished with you. He's going to work this thing out according to his will. He's going to work this out in accordance with his will so that there's a finished work of righteousness in your life. Now, this first chapter is filled with some very insightful details about the Apostle Paul. He's in a desperately dire, life-threatening situation. He's imprisoned, probably in Rome, perhaps Ephesus, but I think probably Rome. He's in prison, and he's on trial for his life. His life is being threatened. 
but he's praying for the people at Philippi. Now, how can he be interceding and praying when his life is in such a desperate threat? They may execute him. And finally, as you know, they did execute the Apostle Paul. They cut his head off. They beheaded him. Chapter 1, verse 9, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best, what is pure, what is blameless, until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now, He says, I'm in chains for Christ. But he says, it's working to my advantage. Do you understand? The devil has overstepped in America. He's shut down businesses. He's destroyed the economy. He's shut us up in our homes. We have to wear a diaper over our face when we go out. And I do. But the devil's overstepped because he's made America afraid and miserable. And now there's going to be a backlash against that fear as the gospel goes forward and people begin to get serious about Jesus because of the discomfort they've suffered under the devil's persecution. And so he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better for me. I said that in my prayer today to the Lord. I said, Lord, I'd rather just come home. I'd rather be finished with this world and the flesh and the devil I've fought this fight on this radio for year after year. I'm tired of fighting. But Paul says it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus may overflow on account of me. Words Paul is saying, look, I could be executed here. But by faith, I know I'm not going to be executed now. Instead, I know I have work that needs to be done. And I'm going to go do that work. He's going to abstain from his desire to be gone he's not going to ask jesus to take him away like elijah did elijah prayed lord i'm no better than my father's take my life get me out of here and the lord said all right but 20 more years of service before i send a taxi to pick you up and bring you to heaven We serve such an awesome God. He is so magnificent. 
You see, as we face the fear of what's coming in America and what has already come, I've said to you, you need to store some food and and you need to store some water and you need to be able to take care of family. But you know what the real issue is? It's none of that. The real issue is absolute trust in Jesus Christ with your heart, one with his heart, rejoicing, happy, not discouraged, not afraid. That's why the word keeps coming in the scripture time after time after time. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. We're in a time of great transition, and I rejoice in it because I know that this had to come. This pain had to come to wake us up as Christians in America and to cause us to begin to search after Jesus Christ so that he could pour out his Holy Spirit. Now, verse 27 says, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whatever, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Tomorrow we're going to do a day of prayer. And we're going to contend as one man and one woman for the gospel of Jesus Christ in America. We're going to go right to the root of the issue. And we're going to ask Jesus to bind these spirits of darkness that are trying to destroy this nation. And we're going to ask that the curses be lifted from this country. And a day of great rejoicing would come to us. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I'll tell you what the Lord has said to me. And I'm going to tell you, he told me when I was just a child, he gave me a vision. And in that vision, I saw crowds of people weeping before the Lord, repenting of their sins, getting right with God. I believe that's about to happen. And I'm rejoicing in the word of God that he's not finished with America, that he's going to fulfill that promise he made to me so many years ago, that he's going to bring a revival of righteousness, of holiness, of love. He's going to bring that to America. So if we need to go through this dark next three months, and they will be dark, I've already shared that with you. As we go through these next three months, our focus needs to be in not fearing, but in seeking Jesus with all of our hearts, with putting away sin, with putting away any animosity between you and and your family or another person. It needs to be a time to get right with Jesus and to prepare to be a part of the great work that Jesus is going to do in the hearts of men and women in America. 
I want to be a part of that. You know, I recognize that I've come very sternly many times on this broadcast, and I was led by the Spirit to do that. But if you knew me as as Ray, or Pastor Ray in person, you'd know that I'm not a stern person. My heart is a heart of love. I love people. And I want you to enter into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to be lost. And if my sternness has hurt you, I'm sorry. Please understand my heart. I want you to turn to Jesus and leave the entertainment, the works of the devil, the passions of the flesh. I want you to turn away from those things and find the glorious love of Jesus Christ, that he would come and fill your heart. In chapter 2 of Philippians, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort in his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and in purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, he's not being Pollyanna here. Over in the third chapter, verse 18, For as I've often told you before and now say even again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross, Their destiny is their destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So Paul, sitting in prison, writing this, is saying, I recognize that many people, their God is their stomach, their passions, the things they love in the world and the flesh and the devil. But he's saying, come, experience Jesus. Know him as a person. Now, one of the things my father used to do to me I was a good child and I I rarely ever disobeyed my father or my mother now my next brother was always doing something wrong he was always rebelling my oldest brother was also very obedient And he was not very mischievous. I was very mischievous. 
My dad would say to me, Raymond, your attitude is bad. Go to your room. Stay there until you change your attitude. Oh, I hated that. How do you change your attitude? Well, he would also say to me, and Raymond, if you don't change your attitude, I'm going to change it for you by giving you a whipping. That will change your attitude. Well, he was right. And I wanted to do it the easy way, not the hard way, so I didn't get very many whippings. He's saying, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. So, what was his attitude? What was the attitude of Jesus? We find that in the second chapter of Philippians, beginning in verse 6. Who being in the very nature God, the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. So he was God. He became became fully man, living on this earth in all of the threat and danger and violence of this earth. In heaven, he didn't face violence. But on this earth, he did. Herod tried to kill him. He had to flee to Egypt. And then he came back, and to be safe, they moved to Nazareth, which is a kind of a nasty town. I've been there. I don't like Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth was what Nathaniel said. But he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. His attitude was, I don't need to go after anything except the Father in heaven. And then allow the Father to flow his love through me to my disciples and to the people I teach. That's an awesome attitude. I don't have to grab I don't have to argue. I don't have to fight. I want the Father to flow his love through me. Well, I want Jesus to flow his love through me and through you. You can't be not afraid when you're filled with fear. You are filled with fear. Being not afraid and and fearing don't go together. So how do we get rid of the fear? We read the word and we meditate and understand the love that God has for us and the plans he has for us. They're not plans to destroy us. They're plans to redeem us. Jesus came to destroy the devil's work. He came to bring salvation to us. So, verse 7, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So, get the picture. And theologians call this the cascade of God's love. In other words, he came down from heaven. He became a man. 
and then he became a servant among men, and then he became nothing even as a servant among men. He wasn't after anything except our love. He wanted to give us courage. He wanted to give us righteousness. He wanted to give us holiness. Righteousness just means straightness. It means innocence. He wanted to take away the devil's accusations against us. He wanted to take away our fear. Now, the cascade isn't finished. He became obedient to death. Death on a cross. So he came from heaven. He gave up the glory of heaven. He became a human. He became a servant. He gave up all reputation. He became nothing. And then he became obedient in the Garden of Eden where he said, Lord, your will be done, not mine. To death on a cross. The most humiliating the worst torture death possible. He died on Calvary for you and me because he loved us. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can I tell you something? One day, the devil is going to have to kneel before Jesus Christ. One day, the principalities and powers of darkness that would bring destruction to America would cause us to be terrified. These powers are going to have to kneel before Jesus Christ because he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is our Master and our Savior. And he says to you, be not afraid. Be not afraid that you can't pay your mortgage. Be not afraid that you lose your car. Be not afraid that you're hungry. Be not afraid that the sun beats down and there's no air conditioning. Be not afraid of anything that happens in this world. We all suffer in the name of Jesus. No one who serves Jesus will escape this world without suffering. Suffering is when we learn to trust in him. The devil thinks if he can bring suffering, he'll turn us away from Jesus. But he's, he's not recognizing just the opposite will happen. In our suffering, we know our need for a Savior. And so in our suffering, we turn to Jesus. And he comforts our hearts. And he makes a way for us. He provides for us. 
Therefore, dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I'm so happy it doesn't end there. We are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling before a holy and righteous and just God. But listen to this. Verse 13. This is Philippians 2 verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So he doesn't just let us work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Instead, he comes and dwells in us and he works it out in us as we cooperate with him. Now, it, it takes a decision. Are you going to be discouraged? Afraid? Angry? You're in charge of all of those feelings. They belong to you. And you get to push the button you choose to push. Or if you know Jesus, verse 14, do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Oh, do you know how I pray that I've not done this radio broadcast for nothing, that the thousands of dollars and the hours and the sacrifice have not been for nothing, that I have not run this race for nothing, that you have heard and you have responded and you are now becoming blameless and pure children of God without fault in this crooked and depraved and wicked generation. I want you to have the victory. I want you to know this love of God. I tell you, if we could just begin to get a hold of two things. In one hand, if we could get a hold of the holiness and the righteousness of God. And if, on the other hand, we could get a hold of his great compassion and love for us. At the cross, justice and mercy kissed. I want you to hear that. At the cross, justice and mercy kissed. And the holiness of God and the love of God are on full display on the cross of Jesus Christ. Yes, he wants us to be holy. He doesn't want us to continue being ravaged by sin. He came to destroy the devil's work. He came to remove all sin from your life. It's not by works. It's by faith. Some of you think that if I speak of works, I'm speaking legalism. I'm not. The works I'm speaking of are the works of the Holy Spirit in your life. 
as they change you and transform you and give you the righteousness of Jesus as a free gift. Salvation is by faith and by faith alone. But faith works because God works through it. It is God's faith. It is Jesus' faith that works in us to will and to do what he wants us to will and to do. Verse 21. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. You know what? I don't want you to look out for just your own interests. I want you to look out for the interests of others. This time is a a wonderful time, a wonderful opportunity to reach out and care for other people. You can call them on the telephone. You can write them a note. You can even visit them if that's appropriate. Now is not a time to be afraid. Now is a time to rise up in the name of Jesus Christ and begin to take the authority granted to us by the cross of Jesus Christ to rebuke the devil and his minions, to cut them off at the pass, to cut them off right at the root, and ask Jesus in faith, believing that he will remove the evil from our land, that you will, in your prayer, rebuke and bind it, and Jesus will move in power and deliver. I know he will because he is a God of love and mercy and compassion. Now, Paul, he warns, watch out for those dogs, that is the unclean. Watch out for those who want to steal. Watch out for those who put confidence in their own human flesh. No. We worship by the Spirit of God. And we're not going to put our confidence in our flesh or in our ability. We're going to put our confidence in Jesus, and he will deliver us. And I believe America is going to see a great deliverance. I believe we're going to see a standard of righteousness, justice, and love lifted up in America. Now, I can tell you now, the Lord is very concerned about the Justice Department of this country because the rule of law has to be reestablished. We're either a nation of law or we are not a nation. And justice must reign for all. I'm praying for that justice. I'm praying for the removal of judges that are unjust. I'm praying for the removal of judges that have been compromised with darkness, that they either be converted and become righteous and pay the price, or that they be removed from office, that they be impeached. Now, 
Listen to what Paul says. Whatever was to my prophet, this is chapter 3 of Philippians, the seventh chapter. But whatever was to my prophet, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is brought through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead, I don't take, I don't take resurrection from the dead and salvation for granted. I'm not cavalier about salvation. I'm with the Apostle Paul. I know I want to know Christ fully. I want to be filled with the power of his resurrection and the fellowship. I'm even willing to to join in the fellowship of suffering as that is necessary. I want to know Jesus. He says, not that I've already obtained all of this or, or if I've already been made perfect or complete. He knows he won't be made perfect or complete until he lays his life down. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And so I want to say to you today, rejoice in the Lord. Be not afraid. Rejoice in Jesus Christ. He has not been defeated, and he will not lose this battle for America. He will win against the devil, and he will, though the difficult time is ahead of us, be patient, wait patiently upon the Lord. He will have his way. He will have his way. And he will shower his blessings upon his people who walk in love and righteousness and holiness. So it's time to lay aside the things of this world. It's time to let the bright light of Christ pierce the darkness. It's time to let the darkness of violence and bitterness and anger it's time to let that be put away from our hearts it's time to come to jesus and enter fully into his love into his compassion his mercy some of you have done everything you know and yet your heart is filled with fear i'm saying to you confess your your fear And then stand by faith that Jesus, as you ask him, will remove it from your heart. His command is, be not afraid. (laughs) 
be not afraid. Walk in the joy of the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God which transforms, transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Don't let your mind dwell on the things of darkness and the threats that are upon us. Don't let your mind focus on your lack. Let your mind focus on Jesus. I wake up in the morning and the first thing I say as I awaken is, Jesus, only Jesus, I seek your face. I praise your name. I glorify you, Jesus. I'm alive. Another day I can live for you and for the kingdom of God. Another day I can do a broadcast and encourage your people to walk in righteousness, to get right with you, to turn from sin and rejoice in your love and your peace and your joy. Be not afraid. <laughs> Let's pray. Almighty King, would you take all fear from our hearts? We release it now in the name of Jesus. We ask that your wonderful love would flood our hearts, that our hearts would be given to you to work out in us righteousness and holiness, that our hearts would be given to you to work out your salvation. Lord, come close right now. I'm standing by faith for the redemption of your people. I'm standing by faith, Lord, for the redemption of your people. And I pray, Lord, as I am now in your presence, that you would cut off the devil and every demonic power that is attacking America that you would bind them and force them to flee. I ask, Lord, that you would move in power with joy and love. For justice and mercy have kissed at the cross. And there is no longer a separation between them. Lord, they're all in Jesus. Thank you, mighty King. I pray in your name. Amen. That's all the time we have today for Pilgrim's Progress. Please join me tomorrow in a day of prayer. I'll open the phone lines and you can call and pray as the Holy Spirit moves you. Please, we need a bold day of prayer for America. 
You can write to me, and I need to hear from you because this month is fast running out, and we need the money in place to be able to pay Weva. This is a faith ministry, and I trust Jesus to move in your heart to donate as he tells you. Write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, it's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or you can go online, nationalprayerchapel.com. Go to the right-hand corner, the top menu, and you'll see a button, Donate. Click on that button, and it will open tithe.ly, and there you can give online. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I pray that you are not afraid, that you walk in the love of Jesus. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I'm Pastor Ray from the National Prayer Chapel. I'll talk to you soon.